Welcome to WGN Radio's 2020 NFL Draft Special with Bears legends Dan Hampton. All I'm telling you is this. And Ed O.B. Obradovich. Here's your host, Mark Carmen. <laughs> Good to be here. The 2020 NFL Draft. It didn't look like it normally did. It didn't feel like it. And But there are some things that are... At least somewhat familiar, which is scratching your head at at least some of the Chicago Bears picks. Let me bring in my guys, Dan Hampton, Ed Obradovich, Hamp, and OB safely away from me today as we do our social distancing on our draft show. Hampo, OB, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? How are we feeling? Hampo, let me start with you. What are you, what are you most excited about as we get this thing going? Was there any pick you're like, all right, I really like that one, Ryan Pace? <laughs> You know, first of all, uh, as you know, this is the the official, you know, starting date of the 2020 season. And I, I got to tell you, I, I've, I've had some uh, conversations with the beloved Ed Obradovich, and I'm more optimistic than uh, I thought I would be. I, you know, I, I was on with uh, Dave Bennett uh, yesterday morning on the uh, the morning show, and I brought up the fact that um, there was a common denominator of the two participants in the Super Bowl. And it was the fact that the the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs had, I thought, the best two tight ends in the game of football. And that was something that, you know, was such a void, especially when you look at Matt Nagy's offense. He came from Kansas City. The tight end was an integral part of what this offense is expected to be able to do. And we didn't have a tight end. Not, not, you know, at any one point in the course of the season, I think uh, only one team had a more putrid performance by that position. Well, we needed to go out and find a tight end. And you know what? In my mind, I think the, uh, the, uh, the draft pick of Cole Komet is probably – the best thing we could hope for. And, you know, we'll have two hours to kick it around. But, you know, some of these other picks, how much will they be a part of it? You know, one of the uh, the major things that, uh, you know, people look at is coachable traits. And some of these kids, you know, talking about Jalen Johnson and Gibson and the rest of them, they've got some traits that, that you know, are, are possibly very important to the their season coming up. But – Make no mistake, this kid, Komet, will be the best tight end the Bears have had in a long, long time. Wow, I, I, that's, I love hearing you say that, Hampo. And by the way, the phone number is 312-981-7200. We should run down the picks here. Cole Komet was for the Bears' uh, first pick. He was number 43 overall in the second round, taken out of Notre Dame, ran a 4-7, 40-yard dash, coming out after his junior year. A big breakout from his sophomore to his junior season. Number 50 in the second round last night, the Bears took Jalen Johnson, cornerback out of Utah. Uh, This is a, you know, Utah perennially a defensive-minded football team. Johnson was their guy covering the best wide receiver, whoever they were playing against. He does have a labrum issue, so he's going to have to have a little surgery, but he played through that all season. Uh, They were not necessarily expecting Johnson to be there at 50, so they went and took a corner there. Then today, at pick 155, the Bears traded up, which was 
shocking uh, just from the standpoint that you weren't expecting him to draft the defensive lineman, but that's what they did in Travis Gibson out of Tulsa. Uh, many people had a third-round grade on him. The Bears getting him in the fifth round. Uh, four sacks in 2018. He jumped to nine uh, last year. So the numbers went up. Apparently he went to a, a Von Miller pass rush summit, worked on his game, got better. Uh, the Bears were excited enough to give up a fourth-round pick next year to move to get that selection, which a lot of people don't like giving up a fourth round next year, and you're giving it to the Vikings, uh, but that's what the Bears did at 155. Then they at 163, which is a pick they had, they took another corner, Kindle Vildor from Georgia Southern, 5'10", 185 pounds. He ran a 4-4-4-40 at the Combine. Um, this is one of your, you know, Ryan Pace loves the small school kids, uh, right or wrong. Vildor is somebody that's going to compete. You got That's two corners now uh, in, in your first four picks. And from there, the Bears trade up again to number 173 in the fifth round and pick Darnell Mooney, wide receiver, a total burner out of Tulane, 43840. He weighs 176 pounds, so next to nothing. Uh, the Bears, to do that, they traded uh, their, their seventh-round pick, 227, from the Eagles, along with two sixth-round picks uh, to move up to get to the fifth round, and they got a seventh round back, so they traded themselves out of the sixth round to get Mooney. So trading up now twice to make selections. And then in the seventh round, the Bears finally take some offensive linemen, which they desperately need. At number 226, they draft Colorado's offensive guard Arlington Hambright. And then at 227, in the spirit of uh, Dan Hampton, they went for a guy from Tennessee State because they know he loves Richard Dent. And they took Lachavius... (laughs) Lachavius Simmons out of Tennessee State. So two offensive linemen in the seventh round. OB, let's get you in here. What are you most excited about here, OB, or most disappointed in whichever way you want to go? Well, um, first thing, uh, you know, I, I think uh, the NFL didn't back away from doing the draft. Uh, they went ahead, and I think they put on one hell of a show the way they did it. I really do. So congratulations to the NFL, the league, and all the teams in it. I thought it came off pretty damn good. It was well run. And and obviously a lot of people watched it. So first of all, congratulations again to them. (coughs) Excuse me. Now the Bears. Cole Komet, I think, was an excellent choice. On the Bears roster right now, folks, we have nine, count them, nine defense, excuse me, tight ends on our team. Nine. Cole Komet makes it ten. Now, if we get one more, we could have an offensive team of tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think this kid has proven, uh, he came out a little early, I think he's proven he can play football at this level. And, boy, do we need a tight end. We haven't had one here, and I couldn't tell you how long. But this kid, I believe, has shown that he can produce on the field. He's got the height. He's got the speed. He's got the ability. And he makes it work. He catches the ball. He gets open. He's got separation. That I liked. What I did not like, again, what I did not like, We have a defense 
right now that is still capable of winning a Super Bowl. That window is closing. Some guys have left. Some guys have not performed as well as they did the year before. So that window is starting to close. So what I thought the Bears should have done was they started out with Komet and they should have continued with offensive personnel. Why? Whiteouts, we need help. Tight ends, we need help. Offensive line, we need help. Running backs, we need help. When you have Tariq Cohn as your major running back, the way this past season came out, because on short yardage situations, three and one, third down and one yard, third and two, who do they do? They bring him in in the nice backfield like he's going to blow everybody up and and get it done. It's not going to happen, and it never will happen. So my point is that they should have gone offense. Every arrow, every finger, everything should have been pointed to offense. Again, not to talk in circles, but our defense, we have enough personnel to win a Super Bowl. We do. Where we don't. And let me tell you why, offensively, we don't. There are some amazing statistics that came out of the 2019 season. Mitchell Trubisky, okay? There's a few areas here that I'd just like to cover real quickly. In, in first downs, when the season was over with, we ranked 27th out of 32 teams. His passer rating, he ranked 28th, excuse me, 28th out of 32. Scoring, we ranked 29th. Yards per play, we ranked 31st. Yards per attempt, we ranked 32nd. Absolute, totally, and completely dead last. Now, numbers don't lie, gentlemen. They don't lie. And the reason why I would have loved to see maybe the first four or five picks in this year's draft go offense. Defense were set. Offense, we are not. We are not set. We are not ready to make a run to win a Super Bowl. So That's what bothers me about this draft. They started out right with, right with Komet, but when you look at Statistic-wise, how we ended the season, it's pathetic. And the only way you can do it is get better is through free agency. And how do you really build a team through the draft? I'll be damned. We take the first kid, a tight end, which we should have fine. Then where do we go? Defense, a cornerback. Defense, a cornerback. Cornerback, my God. Defensive end, this, is, this never should have been. First four or five again should have been offensive draft picks, and we did not do it. That's where my disappointment disappointment is. But again, for Cole Komet and his family, his father, Frank, uh, nice people, wonderful people. I'm happy for that. But boy, I sure as hell would have loved to seen the Bears go after some offensive people and bring some help again to the line to the wideouts, and to the running backs. We need help, gentlemen. 
Let, let's uh, let's take our first break right here, and we'll come on back and discuss what Obi's getting at here. And let's tee up the entire offseason as well in free agency. And, of course, that means Nick Foles uh, at quarterback as Obi bringing up Mitchell Trubisky. Do we think – do the guys think that uh, Nick Foles will be our starter come week one? We'll do that coming on back here. 312-981-7200 if you want to jump in. 312-981-7200. Hamp and OB, our draft special on 720 WGN. Mitch and I have already talked, and you know we, we want to start out on the right foot because ultimately it's about the Chicago Bears. It's not about the ego of the quarterbacks. You know, the quarterback competition becomes such a big thing in the NFL, which, you know, it is. Quarterback's an important position, but ultimately we have to do what's best for the Chicago Bears. So, Having a healthy quarterback room will be a big part of that. That is a welcomed voice right there. Nick Foles, ninth year in the league, is sixth team, landing in Chicago. Mark Harmon, along with Hamp and OB. It is our NFL Draft Special 2020 social distancing style. Gentlemen, I do miss you, by the way. I hope you feel the same way. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you. Love to hear Nick Foles on the bumper. Now, you know, I would, I would, let me just start off by saying a lot of what, you know, OB was talking about with those abysmal statistics have to be traced back to the inadequacies at the quarterback position. And that is why the Bears went out and traded the conditional fourth round pick and. Uh, assume the uh, the balance of the three-year, $88 million contract to bring in Nick Foles. Now, let's remember, you know, Trubisky was drafted in 2017 to be the end-all at quarterback. It hasn't happened. So now, just like, you know, the drafting of Kevin White, we have to sign Robinson uh, because of the, <clears throat> the, the, the poor performance of Leonard Floyd we have to make a blockbuster trade to get Khalil Mack to fill the pass rushing spot. So now we have to go out and fill another bad draft pick um, of Trubisky with Nick Foles. But here's the good news, folks. He is a legitimate franchise-type quarterback. Now, it's hard to believe that you know he was able and willing and uh, and a guy that we were able to go out and find and, and – and not bring in some uh, second team, you know, um, uh, runabout. The bottom line is Nick Foles has pedigree. And uh, my my wife asked me when this happened a few months ago, whenever it was, and I said, you know how good he is? Well, he beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And not only that, but in 2019, excuse me, uh, It was the 2018 season when we had what everybody said was the best defense in football. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles came into Chicago uh, after the hangover of having won a Super Bowl and then battling it out all season. They came into Chicago, and Nick Foles beat our defense. So all that being said, he has great capabilities and he should be a huge upgrade at that position. Now, everybody's going to say, will he start? Well, if Trubisky beats him out, it'll be the best thing that's ever happened for the Bear franchise. Now, will it happen? I don't think so. But if it does, that's a good thing, and it will solve an awful lot of the ills that we are afflicted with. 
Danny, uh, I, I agree with you 100%. Absolutely 100%. But, but that's all on the if come. You know, if Foles can come in and do that. But now, uh, looking at it a little bit further, Danny, you know, you got to have five people up front. And you got to have a tight end, a legitimate tight end, which I hope Cole Komet turns out to be. But those five guys up front, they have to make it work for Folds, or if it's going to be Trubisky. So far, that has not happened. Now, I, Danny, when you sit and the way we attack or we try to our offense, how we try to move the ball down on the down the field. What is one of the main – we can't convert on third down. How many times is it? Three and out, three and out, three and out. That has to go bye-bye. we got to convert on third down, and we got to move that ball down the field. Now, if Trubisky can't do it, I hope they give Foles a legitimate chance. But I'm going to tell you something. We still need some help, Dan, in that offensive line. I'm telling you, we need it. Well, and you're correct, and obviously, you know, there's not enough draft picks to address all of the needs, but here's one thing I want to explain to folks. When you have a competent quarterback that you, as an offensive lineman, you feel great, great confidence in his ability to handle the offense, to deliver the ball, to make the correct decisions, to deliver the ball accurately, all those different things, you start playing a little better. You know, I I, I, I got to tell you, you know, Joe Montana was a great, great quarterback. But none of his offensive linemen are in the Hall of Fame. He made them all better because of how, how good he was at his position. And maybe, just maybe, some of the, that will rub off on, on Charles Leno. Maybe it will rub off on Cody Whitehair and James Daniels. Maybe we will become better when we are able to get in third and three instead of third and ten every every uh, sequence because not only did Trubisky, you know, make the wrong read or make a bad throw, he missed everybody, and now we go back to the, uh, you know, huddle, and it's second and ten. This kid, Foles, knows how to, to you know, matriculate the ball. And, again, think back. In that game against the Bears, it was a playoff game. We had the lead. And he took the ball, I think it was a 63-yard drive in the fourth quarter, a 12-play, 63-yard drive to score and go for two and beat us. Those are the things that give offensive linemen an awful lot more confidence. 312-981-7200 is the phone number here. Uh, One thing that we – well, there's a lot of things we haven't touched on, but as far as the quarterback situation, I want to do this coming on back here, guys. Should the Bears have drafted a quarterback this year? A lot of them – we're hanging around for a long time, including Jake Fromm, who I think would have made a whole lot of sense out of Georgia to develop as a backup because if things go the way we all think it's going to go, which is Nick Foles will be the starter, Mitchell Trubisky's not going to be here after this year. So at some point, you're going to have to develop a quarterback, unless you're believing, which I doubt they are, but maybe they are, in Tyler Bray, who was on the practice squad this year and is uh, not exactly hasn't distinguished himself, at least by what I can tell, he's in his sixth season in the league. So 
I, I don't know. I, I thought they should have drafted a quarterback at some point. Uh, if you want to jump on in here, phone lines are open. Uh, well, I see you out there. We'll get to some calls coming on back here. 312-981-7200. Hamp and OB and our NFL Draft Special 720 WGN. It's something that we stressed going into this offseason, something we really wanted to improve. Uh, and it started with Demetrius and then Jimmy and, and now with Cole. You know, you really have two different styles of tight ends in this offense. You have the U tight end. Uh, that would apply more to a, a Jimmy Graham. And then you have the Y tight end, which is a little bit more of an inline guy. And that's what we see with Cole. Uh, we think he pairs really well with Jimmy, pairs really well with Demetrius. And we're just excited to, to, to take that position and make it a strength. That is your Bears general manager, Ryan Pace. The 10 tight ends that OB laid out, Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham, <laughs> Demetrius Harris, who apparently is, it's it's those three, and the other seven, Ben Broniker, Darian Clark, J.P. Holtz, Jesper Horsett, Dax Raymond, and if you can name the other two, actually most people probably will remember Adam Shaheen, but if you remember Eric Salbert, uh, you are the winner of our Happen OB Draft Special. I don't know what we're giving away, but we'll give you something. Hey, uh, OB, before we get to the calls here, did you want the Bears to draft a quarterback? Uh, did I? No. Uh, interesting. There wasn't. Hey, you had probably two in Burrow and, and Herbert. You just had two quarterbacks. No. No, I, I really didn't want them to. Not unless, well, no. I'm going to stick with the no answer. I didn't want them. Why, again, we needed too much help across the board offensively. I said it, and I'm going to stay by it. And if we don't shore up those positions, you're looking at another year of futility. Believe me, gentlemen. Hamp, did you want him to draft a QB? Okay, everybody, you know, and a better backup, a more viable quarterback should have been addressed before you went and got Nick Foles. Now we got Nick Foles. You can't afford to draft a quarterback. I think Trubisky's going to make $18 million. Foles is going to make twenty-two. You can't tie up a whole lot more you know, money. But more importantly, what if, what if whoever you drafted in, in, as, a, as a project in the fifth round or the third round or whatever, say it was uh, that kid Eason that the Colts got, who I think is going to be a good player, Tony Eason's son, if he was able to to basically beat out Trubisky, I mean, how could Pace walk the streets with, you know, with a, a project quarterback in the third round, basically outplaying his, you know, prized puppy? So they couldn't afford that, you know, on all kinds of levels. But not, you know, this team and OB said it. The defense has still got a window. We can win with this defense. We have too many other places. We need to get better if we're going to make a run at winning the Super Bowl. We'll get to the calls here in one second, but let me just ask one question. How often per, say, how many years do you think it should be imperative that you draft at least one quarterback? And I bring it up because Ryan Pace, in his career now going back to 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, he has drafted in all those drafts, not just first round, any round, he's drafted one damn quarterback. One. That's amazing, is it not? Again, that should have been addressed in 18 and 19. Not, not this year. This year, he's already played his cards. He can't, 
he couldn't afford to, as far as you know, player capital and having the uh, dilemma of a, a, a you know essentially a third team quarterback come in and look better than a, a quarterback that he we basically mortgaged the future for in Trubisky. So you know it, it's one of those things. Think about this: Philadelphia, they drafted Jalen Hurts, and everybody's saying how, why? Remember Carson Wentz has not completed an entire season in five years. They needed a good backup quarterback. Uh, but they're in a different, you know, uh, uh, dimension than we are. They have, you know, the luxury of being able to bring somebody along. We don't. It's now or never with the rest of the football team. Let me let me jump in on your answer to your question, Mr. Carmen. Yes, OB. Okay, he's drafted one quarterback. Who would that quarterback have been? I believe his name is Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky, okay. If you drafted him... <laughs> yeah, but then he shouldn't have the job, OB, which you, of course, believe. Uh, <laughs> so. I, I just, oh, I, my God. Well, hold on. I mean, look, Green Bay traded up to get Jordan Love, which if I was Aaron Rodgers, I would freak. You're Not only are you not getting me a pick in the first round that can help me when we were one game away from the Super Bowl, you're giving up picks that uh, in other rounds so we can move up four slots. Just completely crazy. But if you look at Jacksonville... They were able to trade Nick Foles to the Bears and get that fourth-round pick because they drafted Gardner Minshew last year in the sixth round. So does it, does, is Jacksonville you know, just completely off their rocker because they brought in Foles? Eh, you know what? We made a mistake. And, like, and by paces, the way he's going about this, guys, I'm, I'll draft a cornerback in the second round. I'll take another one in the fifth round. He's creating competition. I might not be right here. If, I am, if I'm wrong here, then I'll be right there. And I don't necessarily mind that. I don't know if he has the luxury to do it. But clearly, by the way, he's not worried about his job because he's taken the best player available for the most part outside of Komet. He's gone out, and, I, and clearly he's, this guy is great value here. I'm going to trade up to get him. And I don't, I don't hate that philosophy. But it does, he doesn't. He's not acting like somebody who's worried about. Like I must put the best team together right now. Well, Mark, you got to look what's right in front of you and where your situation is. Okay, not only from year to year, from month to month, and and you've got to look at your strengths and your weaknesses, and you know where your strengths are, and and you know where your weaknesses are. If you have a half a brain in your head, okay. Now we need help across the board offensively. We wound up eight and eight this year. If we didn't have our defense, lucky if we win two games. And where's the problem? Offensively, that's where the problem is. You can't dance around it. You can't BS around it. It's right in front of you. And what does this guy do? Gets three defensive players out of the first four picks. Are you kidding me? Hampo. I'm wondering, because you can never have, I, LB, I get your point 100%. On the other side of the coin, it's like you can never have too many guys who can get to the quarterback, right? I mean, if you really think he, this is an elite guy, well, I, I don't hate it from that if that's your philosophy. Well, when you look at this defense on paper, you got Khalil Mack and they, they signed Robert Quinn, who is very effective. Now they need it, you know, they've got, it's the way it is, they've got a lot of kids that they'll bring in. And, you know, Khalil Mack, you know, in the 70 plays of the game, he may have played 40, 45. I don't know. I don't know what they're saving him for, but, you know, they're looking for depth. But here's the reason why 
and I know you don't like to hear it, Obi, but if you look at the depth chart, now that Amukamara is gone, we have somebody named Artie Burns, you know, penciled in to start at right cornerback. Artie Burns. And behind him is a project named Kevin Tolliver. And I get Michael it. Joseph and a bunch of nobodies. So they are, obviously, they're telling you they're scared about the depth at corner and especially finding someone they feel confident and, and confident and them being able to start. Artie Burns, are you kidding me? You got a you got a great defense. You don't think everybody in the league is going to draw a big uh, circle around him and go after him? So, yeah, again, I, I agree. We need help on offense. But let me just say, Nick Foles and a competent tight end should change an awful lot of what happens on the on that side of the ball. Well, here, Danny, I disagree with you a little bit too on this one. What you just said. Okay, you're talking about Tolliver, Kevin Tolliver, and, and Artie Burns. They're, they're, and we have McManus and what, Deion Bush. We have people in the backfield. They're supposed to be the backups. Now, my, my point is this. They went out and got two cornerbacks, okay, to come in in this draft. Where, again, we, where the hell was the help needed? Offensive. Two cornerbacks. So my question to you, you just mentioned Artie Burns and Tolliver. Dan, what? So obviously, they think these coaching staff, these two kids that we have, can't play, so they've got to go out into the draft and draft cornerbacks for them to come in and play that, play that position, that one position. Now, if in fact that's true, what the hell is Artie Burns and Kevin Tolliver doing on this football team? <laughs> oh! And Mark, Don't Conley, step up. I, I had a, a conversation with the great Ed Obradovich today, and he had me rolling. He kept saying, "What are those kids doing on the team if you don't think they can play?" And he he told a great story about back in the day he was on all the special teams with Dick Buckus and Doug Buffon, and he went up to the coach and goes, "Why are we on special teams? Put them other guys." And the coach, Ed, uh, uh, what was his name? He said, "I can't trust them." <laughs> well, the Bears are showing you with their draft pick. They don't trust these kids. They've seen them. They've watched them. They don't trust them. So that is unfortunately where we are. Well, let's get a let's let's get a call in here, guys. Jim's in waiting. Uh, hold on one second. Okay, that falls under the what the hell are they doing on this football team? <laughs> if you don't think they can play, and you have to go out into a draft where defensively, do we really need the help? No, it's right in front of you, and you go ahead and do that. Then it begs. Here's the question: What the hell are they doing on this team? If you don't think they can play, why are they here? Well, they had. They clearly wanted to prioritize in their free agent acquisitions, bringing in Jimmy Graham and giving him $9 million guaranteed to hopefully at least partially solidify the tight end position, which now we're doing a three-headed monster here. So they went about allocating their dollars. They didn't want to pay Prunes and Mukamara, and as Hampo laid out there, they, they created a hole. And to your point, OB, right. They, what are they doing on the team? I don't know. It, it, but they're, you're, they, they, they don't look at those guys as backups capable of starting. They look at them as backups capable of, at, at best, at being, you know, special teams guys, nickel guys, and right. so. Sherrick McManus, Sherrick McManus is very, very good on special teams, but he's not much 
in, you know, three-down situations. Uh, let me just say this. Ryan Pace, this is his sixth, count it, one, two, three, four, five, sixth draft in his prior five drafts. Where he's got a couple of number ones, a bunch of number twos, a bunch of threes and four. He's got seven starters and seven backups on the roster. Fourteen guys out of five drafts. There's your problem right there. Bingo. Jim and Aurora, welcome to WGN, 312-981-7200. Jim, welcome. Go ahead, my friend. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, Dan, OB is absolutely right here. You uh is an upgrade at quarterback in every aspect but mobility. So maybe Pace is going to trade a pick, first-round pick or something uh, closer to the season to get offensive line. Otherwise, Foles is going to be on his back. Well, Thanks, Jim. You're, you're exactly right. And, you know, let me just tell you this. At some point, you know, you can't, you can't fix every, every spot and you don't have first-round picks to go and allocate at every position. But, but uh, getting rid of the ball. In this offense, there's a lot of ways to camouflage it. If you've got a quarterback that is bright enough, smart enough, and efficient enough, to not only know where to throw the ball, but get rid of it, but be accurate enough to where you you actually get the – think about why do you think this team – in a maddening way, would throw the ball at the line of scrimmage on those speed screens and all those stupid, uh, you know, uh, zero-yard routes because they can't trust the quarterback to make a decision and get it down the field. Foles will be able to, and that in itself will start to embolden the offensive line, the protection packages, all the different things that we have struggled with the last three years. Hey, Danny, you know, and, and Mark, and, and, and to our listeners out there, you know the one thing that I've been saying since Trubisky's been here, when you watch the kid in action and play, and, you know, two things he struggles with, accuracy and trying to define a defense. What a defense is, what is he coming up against? He has problems with those. One of the ways to do it is get that kid, how many times, Mark, have you heard me say, move the pocket. Move the pocket. Get this kid out. He could be more effective going to the weaker, the strong side, either bootlegging it out or move the pocket to right over to the tackle or the tight end, but keep him in constant motion. He's a better player than a pocket passer. This kid, no way, shape, or form is a pocket passer. The only way I see Trubisky being effective is get that kid out of the pocket. If I said it once, I said it a hundred times. And we've never done it. A couple times they take them out, and then they forget about it. Yep. Remember, you know, if they do decide, to, you know, to play Nick Foles as the starter, they could use Trubisky in a package much like Taysom Hill in New Orleans. Bring him in as a change of pace guy and let him run, let him, you know, bootleg, let him do a lot of different things that now you'll be able to say, hey, if he gets hurt, big deal. He's not the starter. So it does change things in a number of ways. 312-981-7200. Quick timeout. Coming on back here. 
Uh, I want to look at the coaching staff with you guys because we have, we have a new offensive coordinator and uh, we have a new quarter, quarterbacks coach. So a little more, a uh, little different for Matt Nagy and company as we hopefully will have football again in 2020. Quick timeout. Hamp and OB, our draft special on 720 WGN. I'd say there's a, there's a strong infrastructure there of knowledge of it. It's just going to be talking to you know coach Nagy about his coaching points and being on the same page and understanding how he wants it run and he knows me we've known each other since 2012 uh, but we've never been in a position like this where uh, he's the one calling plays as the head coach that's unique because I was with Doug Peterson in Philadelphia and I went through that there interesting stuff right there from Nick Foles talking about how he knows Matt Nagy all the way back to 2012, which is interesting, right? If you think about the fact that all the way back in 2012, his rookie year in Philadelphia, Nagy was there with the Eagles, and they were together in Kansas City, and now, of course, they're together with the Bears, Hamp and OB, on 720 WGN Draft Special till 7 o'clock tonight. Adam Hogue will be with us at 6.30. Hamp, let me start with you here. Should Matt Nagy be calling the plays right now? Because I was teeing up the coaches. You have now brought in Bill Lazor, who's 13 years in the NFL, was an offensive coordinator for many of them, coming over from Cincinnati. You've got a quarterback's coach in John Filippo, who's also been a coordinator. Uh, maybe it's time for Nagy to step back and kind of oversee the whole operation. Well, obviously, we, we said that many times last year. When you – and. It basically went through the litany of the ratings. You're 27th in average yards per game, blah, blah, blah. 32nd in the league in average game per pass attempt. I mean, my my goodness. I mean, if if that doesn't tell you what you're thinking, what you're planning, what you're scheming, is it working, then nothing will. And what you just said, uh, Lazor, uh, the kid from uh, Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati's been bad a long time. But you know what? They always were able to move the ball. So I'm excited about the fact that, you know, a fresh mind, a fresh look, a fresh set of eyes. And John Filippo, you know, he didn't uh, last too long up at Minnesota. But, again, you know, David Gone was the quarterback's coach. And I remember after about a month of the season, some folks said something along the lines after a game, well, uh, we're watching Trubisky, and he struggles. Have you shown him some of the film of, of Patrick Mahomes? And Ragone was like, oh, well, 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 we, well, well, we, we, don't, we don't watch other people's film. We don't look at other people. We don't compare. And I'm thinking, the hell you don't. That's what the whole thing's about. You find out who can get it done, and then you try to be not only as good, you try to be better. And I thought, oh, my God. And anyway, so finally, it looks like they've got a whole new, uh, fresh look at what needs to, to happen as far as implementing an offense. OB? Well, I put Danny, he's, he's spot on. I mean, it was just a great statement Dan made. You know what? It rings true. And, and, and there has to be some changes made. Hey, listen, this Nagy, if you look back last year and the year before, you talk about him 
like he, he I guess he thinks he's some kind of a genius or I don't know where this genius thing came about Nagy that he's this innovator uh, creator or whatever the hell it is but I can tell you what when you I have a third down and seven and you're on your own 45 yard line and you throw a two foot out to your tight end and it's third down and seven you got a problem and I know what I'm talking about, folks. It, it was quarter after quarter, game after game. Anytime was certain something. Did we ever try? If it was seven yards, you think you try to go, at least have the guy go eight yards, nine yards, and make the catch and move the ball? Other people do it. We don't. How many times did you see the flare out to the back when it's third and six, third and seven, third and four? and you throw a three-yard behind-the-line pass to your back. Those plays have to go. My God, you've got to play, and not that they're not playing to win the game, but my, their philosophy is wrong. So if Matt- How can you be dead last in almost every category out of 32 teams? That's the telltale of the story. Can Nagy coach, can he be an offensive coordinator or a caller? No. He's proved it that he can't. It's right in front of everybody. Look at the stats. One last thing. Hey, proof's in the pudding. Since Kansas City, you know, when he left Kansas City, they went to the championship game and they've won a Super Bowl. They really are struggling without him, right? (laughs) Right. But so – the argument against it, right, is that he's dealing with a quarterback who can't play. And you could have the greatest playbook and the greatest ideas of all time, and if you've got 10 running the show, it's not going to look good. Now, maybe that's wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe Nagy should assume, I don't know, half the blame, 25% of the blame, whatever it is. And now you have a quarterback here. You've added on to your tight end situation. You've added a burner at wide receiver, though I think they're going to miss Taylor Gabriel. He had his moments. Uh, so you know maybe the offense can finally function the way Matt wants it to function, and for him to give it up is going to be it's going to be very hard for him. I don't think he's going to do it. Well, the the two things about that is, and again, it's subjective. You have to wait and see what kind of you know, schematic plan they want to operate. And, and again, I, you know, when I was in college, I, I remember it was always kind of a, a quarterback derby. But in our heart, we knew who the best player was before it started. And I think the players on this team, they know that the last two years, they have been like a horse with a harness on them because of you know what and you know who. And nobody's going to come out and say it, but – it's right, as Ed said, it's looking you in the face. That is why. And you, you, you think Ryan Pace wants to be his nose rubbed in it and have Nick Foles come in here, beat out Trubisky, and let's go 12-4 and four and get in the playoffs? And Nick, think about this. Nick Foles, like I said, he has been through the good times and the bad times. And he is a guy that he – there's a and Ed, you know this. When you're a young player in the league, you don't know what you don't know. Nick Foles knows what's important about being successful. And again, just go back and watch that game against the number one defense in football. Everybody was saying, "Ooh, they're like the '85 Bears." 
He went 63 yards in 12 plays to beat them. The kids got an awful lot of, of uh, you know, that, that mojo stuff that quarterbacks have to have that will transform an offense. But you're right. We've got trouble. That offensive line, some of the running back, Montgomery, we don't know what we got in him. But all I know is this. Nick Foles makes this offense a whole lot better just taking the snap. All right, guys, let's get into news, and we come on back here. we got a whole hour to go. 312-981-7200. Adam Hoke coming up. We'll go through these fifth-round picks and what the Bears have done today as we uh, break it down for one more hour today. 2020 NFL Draft Show 720 WGN. This is really your classic, you know, wide tight end with a prototypical size and just the athleticism we look for in the position. He's a big target, natural hands. Uh, he's really tough after the catch, and he has the strength and the temperament we want in the run game. And really, we feel like his blocking is still improving, so there's a lot of upside in that area. Ryan Pace, the Bears general manager, talking about Cole Komet. Number 43 overall, the Bears' first selection in the 2020 draft. Hamp and OB on 720 WGN till 7 o'clock tonight. Adam Hogue joining us at 630. Hamp, you want to take a stab at trying to define what the Y tight end is is for the 90% of the people that are listening right now that have no idea what that means, and I'm learning it myself? Yeah, he'll be... uh... A guy that it will be utilized probably half the time at the line of scrimmage, you know, inline blocking, and then being able to release across the middle of the field. The X, you know, the X is a more of a, a, a motion. Uh, Jimmy Graham is a, a kind of a slender built guy and more in a flex. But here's one thing that I kind of uh, dug out while we were on break there in 2013. Bill Lazor, the, the new coordinator, he was in Philadelphia when Nick Foles won the quarterback title with a 119.2 quarterback rating. Now, that's, that's pretty good. That's better than Tom Brady and, and back then Peyton Manning was still in the league and all these other. So he, uh, he does have you know, a track record of being very, very effective. And when he was in Miami, they were always in the top – Five running the ball, so it, 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 to me, it, it makes an awful lot of sense having him a part of this mix. But again, making making almost a complete change. Think about this: we've got a new offensive line coach, a new tight end coach. It'll be a, almost a, a complete redo on the offensive side, and maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to utilize some of the talent that we have because. You know, like I said, you know, Tariq Cohen has made a Pro Bowl. I mean, he's he, he's got a special talent, but what we were trying to do with him a year ago was almost, you know, it was ineffective. So at some point, you know, you, you hope that they can translate some of this past success into this group and maybe we can be in the top half of the league on offense. And if we do, if our defense picks up where it was two years ago, I mean, hey, you're looking at a pretty good football team. The concern that I have on the Y tight end with Cole Komet, and look, I, I haven't watched a ton of Cole Komet. I've only watched, you know, 20 minutes on YouTube, and I talk, but I talked to him earlier this week, guys, and I asked him, the scouting report on you is that, and here I can read it to you, Cole Komet, 
weaknesses. Body control and strength as a blocker need work. Below average instincts and angles as move blocker. Inefficient and slow getting into blocking fits. So I asked him, like, the, the word on the street about you is that you're not a great, you're, you're a much better pass catcher than blocker right now. And he said, yeah, that's true. He needs to get better at it. And so if you're putting him at the wide tight end, doesn't that seem like you're putting him in a position that he's not exactly ready to do quite yet? Am I missing something? But I don't think you're missing anything. Uh, you know, your, your, your tight end is a tight end, gentlemen. Whether he comes to the line of scrimmage, on the line of scrimmage, and he's a yard from the tackle, or he splits it out three yards, or he drops it, he drops it back into the backfield, or if you put him in motion, or if you split him out wide, if it's running, what do you think they do in the National Football League? What do they do today? What's the prominent thing they do? They pass. So I wouldn't worry about this kid's blocking. Believe me, that would not be the part. The part that we have to worry about is can he split the seam? Can we hit him 20 yards, 25 yards down the field? Can we hit him on a flare-out? These are the things that have to happen to the Bears for us to win. Worry about whether he's going to be able to block or whatever, sure he's able to block. Is he probably the greatest blocker? No. But the game isn't predicated on running. It's predicated on passing. And guess what? This kid could get separation. He's 6'6". He's got a tall reach, and he, get, and he can make the moves. He can catch. So I wouldn't worry about, well, he's at the Y, X, Z, Q, uh, G, whatever the hell they want to call it. It's, it's, it's actually it's laughable. It's laughable. But here's the thing. Zach Ernst and George Kittle, Austin Hooper, Travis Kelsey, they didn't come out of college as world beaters blocking, but they are very effective. You know, George Kittle has gotten so much better as an NFL player than he was at Iowa. And most of that, yeah, he's a great pass catcher. He plays, you know, a, a, a great style uh, of football. But he he was not known as a blocker. You can make you can make guys be better, and, and it's called coachable traits. And this, you know, and Commit's got some of those. Dan, you don't draft in the first or second round, third round, worried about blocking for a tight end. Can he get off the line of scrimmage? Can he beat the linebacker? Can he beat the strong safety? Can he get separation? And can he catch the damn football? Guess what? Cole Komet can do that. We need him. He does look Absol- he look Absolutely. And, and, you know, just, just to tag that, if he catches six passes a game, that'll be fantastic. The other 60, he's going to have to block somebody. So, you know, it is a skill that he will have to get better at. Well, this was just for the record. This, this was his answer on his blocking. No, I know there's some things in my blocking that I have to work on. And, uh, you know, a lot of technique issues that I have to work. So, no, there's definitely, um, I think sometimes maybe some people over overestimate the blocking in terms of the weakness, but you know, there's definitely still some things that I can work on as a blocker. So he did. There you go. Yeah. By the way, the Bears last year used the 12 personnel, for if we're getting into the weeds here, which is two tight ends, two receivers, one running back. 
They did that 13% of the time, which was the third lowest in the league. Now, they're doing that because they didn't have the guys to do it. Nagy wants to run that way. The Eagles and the Chiefs, his two former teams, were in the top five last year with two tight ends playing. So you have an opportunity right now, right? You can have Graham and Komet out there at the same time, and it should look a whole lot better with Nick Foles at quarterback. Like that, it's exciting to think about that, is it not? I agree. Yeah. All right. Quick time out here, guys. 312-981-7200. Adam Hoke's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Your call's next, and uh, we'll we'll move on to Jalen Johnson and also uh, the Bears wide receiver they picked in the fifth round next on 720 WGN. Jalen, just a really good combination of size, athleticism, and awareness. You know, he's that physical uh, press corner that uses his size really well, uses his strength to his advantage uh, to reroute receivers. And Jalen's another guy with outstanding football makeup, really high football character, just a guy that's really driven and passionate. A lot of stories about his work ethic and just his, his uh, professional approach to the game. Ryan Pace talking about Jalen Johnson, number 50 overall, the Bears' second pick in the second round of the 2020 draft. First team all-pack 12 selection for his work, as they write it here, on the field and in the classroom in 2018, so doing it on and off the field. He's got the 3.6 GPA, which won't matter much on Sundays, but hey, uh, this is a guy that's got a good makeup here. Hamp, you know anything about Jalen Johnson? No, obviously... You know, he's got uh, issues with one of his shoulders. And the fact that he was able to play through it and and, and not, you know, uh, go for surgery, he just, you know, he's one of those guys that, uh, hey, I'm not going to miss it. And uh, that tells you he's got a lot of grit. And, you know, come on, let's be realistic. Uh, it's, it's almost a, a lost art in the NFL today, you know, players willing to play hurt. And I like that about him. But, you know, again, this was a, a, a pick out of necessity because of the fact that when you look at, you know, who we have penciled in, it's, it's, it's not it's, – they don't think it's, it's a, a good answer. But let me also say this. <clears throat> you know, this defense is, is and always will be predicated because of the pass rush. You know, we hope to get Akeem Hicks back and – and of course, uh, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. You know, those are those are three really, really good NFL, you know, All Pro caliber pass rushers. So, you know, he doesn't have to be great. He just has to be effective, especially early on. But uh, you know, again, like I said, we don't know much about him. He's got some grit. Let's see if uh, you know he can transform, you know, this the secondary and make them uh, competent again. Another guy that we don't know a ton about, but uh, I think people are excited about is Darnell Mooney, who the Bears traded up to get in the fifth round. Wide receiver. He runs a 4-3-8. Uh, could, apparently can play in the slot, can play outside. He averaged 16.7 yards per catch. OB, I know you like that. He's a team captain as a senior, four-year starter at Tulane. Very much under recruited, you know, not a big guy, but a burner. And we haven't had a guy who can really take the top off the defense, so this could help. I mean, that's that's definitely something that they needed. If I was, I, I would say I'd give Cole Commit. That's the number one pick. Kudos to that. And Darnell Mooney, he would be the second guy. I tell you what, you don't have to always be 
It's, it's making me think back to 85 and how much, you know, Willie Gall wasn't the greatest wide receiver in the history of the game, right, Hamp? But he did a lot for that offense because he's going to blow by you. Fear of God. Well, and again, I think Willie caught 38 balls the entire season. But those safeties, we watch them on film. Most of the time they'd be at 8, 10 yards. When we played people, they'd be at 14 because of the speed. And, you know, Tyreek Hill up in Kansas City, you know, his speed changes how defenses play. And it is so important to have that kind of a player. Maybe this kid can develop into uh, that type of a, uh, you know, a burner that makes makes a big difference when he's on the field. Whether he gets the ball or not, keeps everybody off the line of scrimmage. Hey, Danny, I think that commit, and if if things go the way I think they'll go, this commit – and Ben Mooney, I'll tell you what, I think they're going to change the face of our offense. They're going to have to. You've got to play to their strengths. And what are they? They seem, both of them, to be great receivers. One has height, size, separation, and the other one, he doesn't have to worry about getting separation. He's gone. Boy, I really like those two picks. I really do. We're going to have Adam Ho coming up here after 6.30, so we'll go in-depth in uh, in each guy. Adam has, has scouted them all. So before we, we get there, Hampo, I'm just curious, what was your reaction to what the Packers did with trading up in the first round to get a quarterback for to back up Aaron Rodgers? And I don't know what that looks like for Aaron Rodgers going forward, but Brett Favre didn't finish his career there, and if he wants to leave Green Bay – and come on down to Chicago. I don't think anybody around here would mind that. I certainly wouldn't. <laughs> you know, I, I was inundated with uh, text. Oh my goodness, they're going to you know get rid of Rogers. Getting blah, blah. I, I I'll just tell you this. All off season last year, and I think the Packers went thirteen and three. I mean, they had a hell of a year. And Lafleur, the new coach, he um, he did a, a, a damn good job of of just. You know, making that team better in all phases and facets. Um, again, a, a brand new offensive scheme, and you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, was the guy that was you know instrumental in making it you know translate to the field. But there's also a lot of stories out of Green Bay about how Aaron Rodgers was basically strutting around like he was now the new coach of the team, the new general manager. And you know what? Maybe this was uh, a subliminal uh, shot across the bow where they're saying, hey, you think you're so great? We're going to have somebody right behind you 
that if you start having a, a couple of, uh, you know, chunky games, we're not scared of trying to uh, go in another direction. And, you know, i got to tell you, so much of the time uh, you get older players and uh, you put a little pressure on them. Some of them, they, they actually elevate their game. And we saw what Tom Brady was able to do with Garoppolo. You know, uh, Brady had kind of started to tail off. But when Garoppolo was a part of the mix, he not only started working harder, but he started playing better. And maybe that's what they're trying to do. That's all. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I think he's played 15 years now. Almost every year he's got some issues with an ankle, his knee. Maybe they're just saying we're not going to be, you know, held ransom by whether or not you're able to play. So, you know, if the Packers think, you know, this kid uh, that they got, uh, Jordan Love is, is the next uh, great thing. It's going to be, it's going to be hard for us to watch it. I hope he's not another Hall of Famer. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I I would just he looks and he's 36 years old. Nothing lasts forever. However, in the last two years, Aaron Rodgers has thrown 51 touchdowns and six interceptions. I mean, that's not a guy. <laughs> Maybe he's not what he was at his prime when he was throwing 45 in one season back in 2011 or 39 or 38 or 40 all those years. But, I mean, come on. Uh, can you, ima- can you ima- imagine the Bears thinking about, you know, that guy's not good enough. We need we need to get a quarterback. We won't draft a quarterback over here. We got Mitch Trubisky. They're drafting a quarterback. They got Aaron Dam Rodgers, who's throwing fifty one touchdowns and six interceptions the last two years. I don't. It's, there's something going on in, in the difference of the the way the franchises are looking at it. Well, I agree with what Mr. Hampton said. You know, to a certain point, <laughs> Daddy, I agree with you to a certain point. But I'll tell you what, if there was a kid like Mooney or somebody out there that's a barn burner and Aaron Rodgers throws that ball 45, 50 yards in the air, he hits it in stride, I sure as hell am going to take that wide out over giving up, what, two, three, four, five spots. They jump back up and give it all away to get a quarterback. I don't think so. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is alive and well, and I sure as hell would have went out and got him a speedster at that wideout and let him have at it. And there were a lot of receivers, too. But to Ham's point, I, there, there could be some personality stuff there, and everybody wants to kind of put their own stamp on it. That's what I say. I agree with what Danny was saying. Yeah. Oh, but if I was a general manager, I said, okay, you don't like me or whatever, fine. Boom. It's okay with me. I can live with it. Yeah. I'm going to get you this receiver. <laughs> All right. We'll get Adam up here, guys. 312 981 7200. We're with you till 7 o'clock. We can take some questions, too. Text line is open. Looking at that as well. A lot to do. Bears 2020. Draft Hampton OB on 720 WGN. I-, I can't wait. I'm just really excited. I'm not going to really worry about that stuff. I know that. You know, the Bears fans, they want a winner because I know that because I am one. And, you know, I'm excited to go out there and, you know, put my best foot forward in order to. Order to get wins on, uh, on the schedule. St. Viner Products. Notre Dame. Now a Chicago Bear. Cole Komet. I don't know if everybody saw the video making its way around social media. All driving by his folks' house, honking the horn. Way to go, Cole. Uh, that's kind of a sweet moment. Did they do that for you, OB, when you got drafted? Did they all honk the horns for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hampo, 
Hampo, what'd they do for, for, for 99? <laughs> I wasn't a hometown boy, but I think this is a great story. And, you know, how many times have we, we, we sat around and said, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo grew up in, uh, what, Naperville. What about... Uh, Holy Meadows. You know, uh, 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 you know, yeah. North, uh, uh, Eastern Illinois with Tony Romo, all these good players from, you know, real close to Chicago and other teams find them and develop them. Hey, this this kid, I mean, he could be uh, he could be special, and we're excited about it. Let's bring in our guy, also a hometown guy, Adam Hogue, with us here on 720 WGN, our Bears reporter. Uh, Hoagie, good afternoon. Great to be with you. Give us uh, Give us what you're most excited about today. Well, first of all, I'm just excited to talk to you guys. Uh, I Just being able to talk football in the middle of all this and have a somewhat normal draft weekend feels good. I don't know about you. So uh, For sure. I'm excited about that. And, um, you know, I think the Bears – I'll tell you where I think the Bears did pretty good. I mean, I, I like that they just sort of didn't overthink things in the second round yesterday and went with Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson. I don't know if these guys necessarily have an enormous ceiling, but I think both project to be pretty quick contributors, uh, and especially in Jalen Johnson's case, has the capability of, of starting right away this year, and we know the Bears need a, a cornerback to replace Prince of Mukamara. And then the guy I like that they took a chance on today is Darnell Mooney, the wide receiver from Tulane. Um, you know, I'd heard actually in the last couple of days that uh, Bears wide receivers coach Mike Furry was high on this kid. So I did a little bit of digging on him and, and watching some of his tape, especially against Auburn. Auburn had a cornerback go in the first round, guys, and Darnell Mooney looked pretty good against him. So I like this pick. He's a little undersized, but he's fast and he can blow the top off the defense. Adam Hogue with us here, 720 WGN. What was, what was your biggest surprise? Um, I think my biggest surprise was that uh, they they went with two cornerbacks. So when they followed up and went with uh, Kendall Vildor uh, later today, instead of addressing the offensive line earlier, like I, I've been pounding the table saying they need to address the offensive line. The one thing, all the additions they made this offseason, guys, I'm still wondering how they're going to run the football better, which is huge. I mean, that's a huge question mark. We talked about it every single Sunday last season after games how they weren't running the football very well. And right now, they still have not made any huge impact addition uh, to, to this team in the running game. So I still have questions about that, and I thought they could have addressed the old line earlier. Hamp, you worried about well, that? Well, and, and again, you know, as Ed Obradovich says <clears throat> countless times, it's a passing league. The you know, the name of the game is being able to put defenses on notice and attack them, and attack them down the field, not behind the line of script, but attack them. But when you start doing that, there's a reason why Kansas City, you know, they drafted a, a pretty good running back this year in the first round. And, boy, they're, they're even going to be more dangerous because, you know, with Patrick Mahomes and the receiver and the tight end they have, well, defenses are saying, "Well, we're not going to get deep, deep." So they're going to—they're basically going to be allowing people to run. So if we, as an offense, are able to attack people down the field with, you know, Nick Foles, so we come on. Let's be real. Uh, you know, 
Mitchell Trubisky has shown us what he he not only what he can do, but what he's incapable of doing. Well, we know Nick Foles can attack people downfield, and if they do that, then the running game is is almost a byproduct of it. And and we all know, come on, hey, we don't have the biggest, strongest offensive line. Rashad Rashad Coward right now is penciled in at, at the right guard spot, and he struggled. So you know the offense has got a lot of question marks, but. The one thing, Adam, I, I, I started the program off an hour and a half ago saying is a competent quarterback changes everything. Receivers run better routes, more precise routes. Offensive linemen are more emboldened. Running, running games automatically start to pick up because they know if they start making safeties walk up, we got a quarterback that can make a defense pay. So, uh, you know, of, of all these, you know, different components – that we're looking at with the new tight end and Jimmy Graham and Nick Foles, he, to me, he's the trigger man that's going to make this thing either fly or it's going to go down in a smoldering heap. Well, the situation, uh, whether we're (laughs) – you need running backs to win or you need passing game to win, it's just quite obvious. The most – thing that you've got to have. You want to win a Super Bowl, and that's your goal every year. Nothing else matters. Okay, you got to have a passing game. you got to have a bona fide passing game. And you complement it with a good running game. Good passing game opens up the run. A good running game can open up the passing game. But the way the rules are, it's about passing the football and going downfield. And if you look at our head, case, our head coach who calls the plays and our quarterback, you go through those five categories that I explained. What it tells you is we can't run and we can't pass in this league. You're almost you're dead last, and you're almost dead last in the five categories. So, boy, you got a lot of work to do. Worried about, well, can we get a runner? Can we get a runner? Can we get a passer? What I personally think we need, we need a coach. That's what I think we need. We need a coach that knows an offensive system, knows the rules of the games, knows everything about it, and put it together. How the hell is it? That just look at these stats, guys. They're mind-boggling. They're pathetic. If you're the owner of the team, you're the owner of a team, and you look at your head coach and the offensive coordinators, etc., and you look at these five most important categories. First of all, yards per attempt. You're dead last. Yards per play. You rank 31st. Guys. There's a problem here. Have all the players you want. There's a problem with this head coach. Yeah, guys. I, uh, I, I look. I want to go back to, to quickly what Hamp was talking about with this idea that that Nick Foles. Um, you you called him the trigger man. That that's really what the Bears need, and and what Matt Nagy has talked about in the past about what Mitch Trubisky's supposed to be, just sort of the point guard out there distributing the football. Um, and that's ultimately their job at quarterback. But unfortunately, Trubisky hasn't really been able to know where he's supposed to be distributing the football and see the field well once he has that ball in his hand. So I do think while Nick Foles isn't necessarily 
you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback by any means. Uh, just having somebody out there that can distribute the football better and know where to go with it is going to be huge. And I think adding a guy like Cole Komet uh, and even Jimmy Graham, who maybe they overpaid a little bit, but you know, the, the, the just saying those two names out loud is it a huge upgrade over these seven or eight tight ends they were using last season and throwing out there every week? It seemed like we had to learn a new name. Um, so I, I like the upgrades that they've made at a position where ideally that tight end is going to be one of your first two progressions and the closest guy to the quarterback when he's letting go of the football. That's so huge to move the chains. So I do like the upgrades they've made at tight end and at the quarterback spot with Nick Foles' ability to distribute the football. The problem problem is the philosophy. That's the problem. You know, you could bring whoever – Bring uh, the greatest quarterback that ever played. Why not receivers? If you don't have a a philosophy of how to attack downfield, how to coordinate your running game with your passing game, how to utilize your tight end, how to utilize the back coming out of the backfield, how to use your wideouts on deep crossing patterns, fly patterns, post patterns. If you you can't correlate all that into into a viable offense with today's rules, you got a big problem. And what I told you about these stats, we've got a big problem, guys. Adam, do you think that uh, with the offensive line that perhaps the Bears are a little higher on what they've developed last year and that sort of plays into why, as, as we kind of break down this offense, why they waited to the seventh round to get two guys who probably in Arlington, Hambright, and Lachavius Simmons, who if they make this roster, that'd be an accomplishment and probably are, you know, are not going to be plug-and-play guys out of the seventh round, I wouldn't think. Uh, most likely not. Uh, you know, Charles Leno was a, a seventh-round pick, but even he spent a year on the practice squad before he, he got in there, and he's been a solid pick, but you know, also a guy that we, we spent some weeks complaining about rights and, and saying that the Bears need upgrades. So, um, you know, that's ultimately probably the ceiling of what you're getting at in the seventh round with an offensive lineman. I'll tell you this, though. You know, the, the, the reality is, um, you know, unless you have a roster like the New Orleans Saints right now, you can't really address every single position in the draft, uh, even with free agency. when you're up against the cap the way the Bears were this year. So we knew some area was going to be ignored a little bit. And at the end of the draft here, as we sit here right now, clearly the offensive line was neglected a little bit, and the safety position opposite of Eddie Jackson uh, didn't get addressed either. I think, though, that especially with the safety spot, they can get by if Eddie Jackson's back there in, in the center field spot where we all think he's a better player. Uh, I think you can get by with a box safety. On the offensive line, I have question marks. I think that they're, they're going to be relying on some competition here with Rashad Coward, hoping that Jermaine Effetti, who's coming over from Seattle, can play better as an interior uh, guard rather than a tackle. But it's, it's a gamble. I will tell you this, though. Like, I'm not going to claim to have any idea who Lachavius Simmons was two hours ago, but I, I found some highlights of his on the Internet. And this dude's a mauler, the type of guy they need in the running game. I mean, he finishes blocks and takes them all the way to the ground, which I like to see. Now, he is playing at the FCS level, so there's an obvious jump up in competition here in the NFL that you worry about. But I do like what I've seen so far. Hampo, do you have any optimism on Rashad Coward 
Because there's a guy that transferred, you know, he went from defense to offense and wasn't expected to play, but then got an opportunity. I thought he shined at least at points. Am I nuts? One of the, and again, we're going with a, a completely, uh, Juan Castillo is the new offensive line coach. And to me, uh, what we were trying to do the last couple of years, it, 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 it with the zone blocking, that's where you have the massive, massive big bodies. And, and we, we, we didn't have the personnel that really suited that. So a change in the offensive blocking schemes, May help Coward an awful lot. Now, here's the thing: you know, traditionally, a uh, a defensive player converting to offense, that's a good thing because uh, traditionally, the defensive player coming over has a lot more, you know, native athletic ability. You know, I remember when Mark Bortz went to the offensive line; he didn't know what he was doing, but he was putting welts on people. And Rashad Coward does have a certain upside. But last year, it looked to me like, especially, you know, they were taking a position step first before they would react. And those are kind of things that are foreign to offensive linemen, you know, from a traditional offense. But even more so, when you get to the pros and you're a defensive lineman, and now you got to learn how to take a position step first, it really, really cuts down on your aggressiveness, your, your ability to react, all those different things. I think he has a chance to be a lot better this year. I know this, that I play instead of Ted Larson. Larson is just, he's, he, you know, he, I hate to say, you know, we used to laugh and say, you know, small, slow, and friendly is not a good combination. But, you know, Rashad Coward, he's a big body, and he could pay off if he does adapt to this new scheme of Juan Castillo. Quick time out here, guys. We're up with you till seven o'clock. Blackhawks hockey is coming on up. Adam, just stick around here. We got a couple more questions before we let you go here. It's our draft special, Hamp and OB on seven twenty WGN. Long answer short, the writing is on the wall for my friend number ten, and we are going to potentially see him in another jersey in years to come here, uh, sooner rather than later. I think Nick Foles is brought in to be the starting quarterback. There's no real, uh, there's no real secret there. <laughs> Former Bears offensive lineman Kyle Long, he was doing some publicity work, and I got to talk to him, and I asked him, "Hey, you think it's uh, who? Who do you think is going to win this quarterback competition?" And that was the answer. Uh, Adam, were you surprised that he was that honest as to how he's looking at this thing? Well, good job by you with that interview. Um, and you know, Kyle, uh, I, 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 Kyle's done a ton of good interviews since he's retired. So I'm liking retired Kyle Long so far. Um, was a little bit, but it, and it is. I think it is notice very notable comments by him because we know he's tight with Mitchell Trubisky um, and has a very you know intimate look at. Trubisky's last three seasons with the Bears. So for Kyle Long to come out and say that that strongly um, probably means something, and it it honestly surprised me a little bit because I I, I don't know, guys. I it, there's still a limitation to me to Nick Foles, um, and, and that's why I still believe this will be a fifty fifty competition. I, I think there's a decent chance Nick Foles plays a lot of football for the Bears this year, but I still think that whenever practices start, whenever training camp starts, whenever that is, 
that it, they will actually approach this as a, as a legitimate competition. I, I don't agree that it's predetermined right now. OB, who do you think starting opening day? Trubisky. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> start opening day. He will start opening day. But I'd just like to add a couple things here. Yeah. All in all, because this show is about the draft. The things I liked about our draft was Cole Komet. I think the kid's legitimate. And Mooney, I love the idea. We finally got a burner. We got a tight end, size, he can catch the ball, he can move. We got a wide out that can put the fear of God in the defensive backs. I wish we would have gone with the other five. I wish we would have gone all offense, but we didn't. But I like those two picks. What else I want to see happen? Nagy has to give up play calling. He just has to. Turn it over to any one of those other individuals. He's got to give it up. And then open up the offense. So I like the draft, basically like the draft. Nagy's got to give up play calling and open up our offense and let's go get him in the year 2020 and bring the monsters of the midway back and bring the damn world championship Super Bowl back here where the hell it belongs. Hample, what's your biggest takeaways as we uh, get towards the end here? Yeah, I echo what uh, OB said. You know, obviously the tight end is going to make a big difference. And, uh, you know, I I keep, and as OB says, you know, we need to talk about the draft, but this is a, this is a, a, a different time and place with the franchise. You've got a quarterback that, you basically, you know, uh, you know, gave up the world to get him, and now, again, actions speak louder than words. The reason that we went and got uh, uh, the cornerback Jalen Johnson is they've seen what they have at corner. They don't like it, so they drafted him. The reason Nick Foles is here, they've seen what they have at quarterback. They don't like it. You know, and I know. The third year in any program is kind of like a make or break, especially in today's NFL. And I think Nagy will give up the play calling. You know, he's the head coach. He doesn't need to be worried about, you know, oh, well, I'm not drawing up the plays. Guess what? If you don't give it up, you may not be working here in Chicago after this season. So I think there is a huge sense of urgency which led them to bring Nick Foles in. And then once Foles is a part of the team now, Bill Lazor, the coordinator, uh, DeFilippo, they know, hey, they've been, they bounced around. A, a, a number of these coaches were out of the league a, a year ago. They're hungry. But here's the one thing that nobody is talking about. You know, we're in, just, we're in a strange time because there's no OTAs. There's not going to be hardly anything go on until probably August as far as competition and the, you know, putting together of a football team. So there has to be a great sense of urgency. And I don't think it's going to be one of those deals where it's going to be like a free throw shooting competition every day between the quarterbacks. I think you'll be shocked that Foles may be named a starter a lot quicker than you think. Because, like, the reason Kyle Long said what he said is because he's sick of going out there and battling for three hours and then get beat because of one guy's deficiencies. He knows how important it is, and he knows the kid can't play. So 
as soon as we get past that 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 part of the equation, a lot of stuff could fall into position. Hey, Danny, one quick thing here quickly. The reason why I said Trubisky would be the opening quarterback on the first in the first game is because of what Pace did. What the move he made from third to second, you know, what, four years ago, to move up to get Trubisky and giving up basically an entire draft to also to make that move. And I'll tell you what. He has to stand behind that, and I think he's going to give him every chance through Nagy in training camp or whatever have you. He'll be the starting quarterback. If things go bad, they'll have to make the switch. But Pace, how does he save face, guys? How does he save it? He's got to start him. He's got to play him. In my book. The fact that Nick Foles here tells you everything, OB. That tells you everything. They know they're in trouble. Adam, and, and, and hey, it's a good I think they'll give Trubisky you don't a shot. Think Khalil Mack is excited about playing with an offense that may average 25 points a game. I think it's a good thing. And if Trubisky beats him out, great for everyone. We're happy. But I understand. <laughs> but Pace has got to try to save face somewhere along the line. That's why I said Trubisky would start. Gentlemen, we got to say goodbye here. Adam, real quick, your final thoughts. I got a minute. Uh, final thoughts, I, I do like the Cole Komet pick a lot. I, I think Jalen Johnson starts week one. Um, but I'm just glad we're talking some football. I hope you guys are all doing well and are healthy, and uh, hopefully we get to see some, some actual football practices here soon at some point. Right on, brother. Thanks for joining, Adam. You're the man. Appreciate it. You can uh, read a ton of Adam's coverage right now over at NBC Sports Chicago. He's got some great stuff up there. Hampo, great to be with you. OB, obviously the same. You guys stay safe. You, you're doing your social distancing, right? You guys are, 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 are doing high-level stuff over there? Hanging in there, and you have a great night. Thank you, OB. 99, you be well. All right, my friend. See you soon. All right. There we go. Hamp and OB, our draft special coming to an end. Thank you so much for listening. Blackhawk hockey coming up. I think they're going to win the cup tonight, 2010 style. Game six with the Flyers straight ahead, 720 WGN.